Welcome to Day of Destiny with Dr. Michelle Corral, author, prophetic teacher, and pastor of Breath of the Spirit Prophetic Word Center. Dr. Corral can be seen weekly, nationwide, and around the world on her weekly telecasts that air on God TV, Impact, and Word Network. Now, let's join Dr. Corral by experiencing Day of Destiny, designed with your highest destiny in mind. Now, here is Dr. Corral. Hallelujah. So this means to, to make the choice. But we also see, beloved saints, that this word lego, ek lego, this word lego is taken from the Greek word, le, uh, most of us are very familiar with that word uh, logos, which means to speak. And that means a spoken out, but through uh, Jesus calling you, but when that word let go is spoken, it means to bring it to a conclusion. That means that what was spoken to you is actually fulfilled. That means that it's completed to its highest purpose. So Eck, he called you out, and he called you out for a purpose that it might be fulfilled. Do you all understand? That's what it means to be called. Because the Bible says in Matthew chapter 22, or what it means to be chosen. Matthew 22 verse 14 says, many are called, but few are chosen. All right, so we want to look at what is the meaning of making your calling an election sure. How do you know? First of all, I want you to know, unless you know your calling, you will never know your identity. I'm going to say that again. There are a lot of Christians that are in this world that are baptized in the Holy Ghost and they speak in other tongues, but they have a major identity crisis. They don't know who they are. And God wants you to know who you are, what you've been put on this earth to do. And that is by discovering your purpose. Are you with me? If you are, say amen. Let's look at the sovereign call of Paul. Go with me to Acts chapter 9. I want you to understand Paul had a completely different identity. He was a rabbi and he was a persecutor of Christians. He had a place in, um, uh, if you look at Acts chapter 9, you will see, of course, this is his road to Damascus experience. And it's where Paul was called of God. But I want you to know Paul had a completely different identity before his calling. He was a rabbi. He was a Pharisee. He was from the stock of Benjamin. He depended totally on his righteousness. If you read Philippians chapter 2, and especially Philippians chapter 3, you will understand that he says that touching the law, I was blameless. That means he never broke any of the commandments. And he said, a Pharisee of Pharisees of the stock of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. Yet that was not his identity. That was not his true identity. That was not who he was. Some of us are living lives that we're really not supposed to be living. We're only living partially. We have our name. We know where we go. We go to work. We come home. We go to church and we, we, we praise God in church, but we're never going to know who we really are until we know why God put his hand on us, till we know why God selected us, till we know why God chose us, till we know our calling in Christ Jesus. Are you with me? If you are, say amen. Put your hand up right now and say, Lord God, I want to know 
that election in Christ. I want to make my calling and my election sure. Somebody ought to give God the praise and give God the glory. Look at the word of God. The Bible says here in Acts chapter 9, the Bible says, And Saul, breathing out threats and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of them uh, to Damascus in the synagogues, whether if any be found of this way, whether they were men or women, that he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined the light round about him, and he fell to the earth. And he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus, who you persecute. Now watch this in verse 6. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what would you have me do? You see, his conversion involved his calling. Are you with me? If you are, say amen. Say, I wasn't just converted to just go to church and just occupy a seat, but I was converted for a call of God. Somebody ought to say, make your calling and your election sure. Paul said, Lord, what would you have me do? Now, I want you to understand what's about to happen. Because I want you to understand something about your election in God. Your election in God does not belong to anything of this world. As a matter of fact, it belongs, in Hebrew we would say, it belongs to the realm of the olam. What is the olam? The olam is eternity. Hello, somebody. I said your calling belongs to the realm of eternity, and I'm going to prove that to you because before Paul even received his instructions, God had already spoken to Ananias, who was a prophet who lived in Damascus. And I want you to hear what the Lord said to Ananias concerning Paul. He said, Lord, when God told him to go to the street called Straight and put his hand on the, uh, a man named Saul, uh, who um, the Bible says, the man named Saul of Tarsus, who he had seen in a vision, and he saw Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive sight. Then Ananias said, Lord, I heard how many things this man has done, what evil he's done to thy saints in Jerusalem. But the Lord, verse 15, said unto him, go your way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before Gentiles and kings and before the children of Israel, and I must show him how many things he must suffer for my sake. I want you to know something. Paul didn't know that's who he was supposed to be. He wasn't even told this is who he really is, that he is someone who has been elected by God to bring the mission of God to the Gentiles. He didn't know that was his identity. He didn't know that was his true self. He didn't know that that was his true person, what he was created for. He was living an entire different life that had nothing to do with his real true self. I don't know if somebody understands what I'm talking about, but now it's time to lay aside that which you have no more time for. I don't know about you, but I don't have time to live a life that's not who Christ called me to be. Are you with me if you are? say amen. Somebody ought to say, I want to know what I was elected for. I want to know what I was selected for. Somebody ought to give 
Are you hearing this? Say this with me, the sovereignty of selection. Oh, glory to God. Now, I want you to go with me so you can understand it belongs to the realm of eternity. Say it with me. My calling, my calling and my election, and my election is not of this world. Go with me to Ephesians just for a moment. And we are going to look, beloved saints, at Ephesians chapter 1. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 4 because Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 is going to show you that your calling and your election was already predetermined before you were born. Say it with me, a predetermined plan before I was born. Say this with me, predestined plan. Say I had nothing to do with it. It had nothing to do with works or my own righteousness, but it had something to do with the sovereignty of election. God elected me, hallelujah, for the purpose by which I have been called. Are you with me, saints? Okay. Now I'm going to make a, I'm going to step out in water because some of us have already an orientation developed concerning predestination. And the first thing we think of is John Calvin. All right. Or we think of Calvinism. Calvinism is a doctrine, which in a sense, John Calvin was an outstanding theologian of his day. And he did, he, he helped formulate in the time of the Reformation there were many individuals that were reforming Christianity. And in the time of the Reformation, John Calvin was a, a great theologian in many areas. He gave us many wonderful doctrines. But one of the doctrines that's completely imbalanced was the doctrine of predestination. And that doctrine of predestination means you don't have a choice in the matter. Some are destined for heaven and others are destined for hell. And that is error, all right? That is heresy because it eliminates free will and free choice. So when I say predestined, I'm not talking about Calvinism. I'm speaking to you from the Bible, what Paul is speaking about. Let us look at the word of God found here in Ephesians chapter one, looking at verse four. We see the concept of predestination and we see the predestined plan of God as the essential element of why you have been put on this earth. Say this with me, the predestined plan of God as the essential element of why I have been put on this earth. And again, we see that word, beloved saints, um, ek lego or ek legome, which is the verb. Notice Ephesians chapter one, verse four, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Say this with me. He chose me. He elected me. He selected me among many. Say this with me, the same verb that I saw in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 10. Elected and selected among many that before the world was formed, I was already called to be in him for the purpose by which he had called me on this earth. Hallelujah. To perform. Are you with me, saints? This is not a light thing. 
Say this with me. It's not a light thing not to fulfill your calling. Say this with me. It's not a light thing to not fulfill what I was put on this earth to do. It's not a light thing. Are you with me, saints? If you are, say amen. Notice what the Bible is saying here. Hallelujah. And so we are seeing this word. Let me give you an example of what it means to choose out and to select. Can I do that? All right. Luke chapter 6, verse 13. We're taking this text completely out of context, but I'm going to show you an example of what it means to choose out of many. Doesn't that humble you a little bit? To know you were chosen for what he called you to do among many. There could have been others. But according to the foreknowledge of God, because he already knew the way he created you and gave you free will to choose that you would be willing to go through the proving process of destiny so that you would fulfill the purpose for what he has put you on this earth for. Turn to your neighbor and say, I don't get a free pass to destiny. I've got to go through the process of destiny. Hello, somebody. Nobody gets a free pass, but you're willing to go through the proving process. Hello, somebody. You're willing to pass the test. Say this with me. He gives me enough grace to fulfill my call. Here we see in Luke chapter 6, verse 13, it says, and when it was day, he called unto him his disciples. And of them, or let's put it this way, out of them, he chose 12. So the Bible is saying he called all his disciples. We don't know how many there were in terms of when the Bible says he called his Talmudim, he called his disciples. But out of them, out of all of his disciples, he ek legome. He chose 12. Are you with me? He didn't choose them all. He chose 12. Somebody ought to say, God put his hand on me. And he chose me for the purpose by which I've been apprehended. And somebody ought to say, I better know my purpose. Or else I'm not going to know why I've been put on this earth. Can I get a witness somewhere? Hallelujah. John chapter 15, verse 19. We see, again, we see the scripture. And we see, beloved saints, that in John chapter 15, verse 19, the scripture says, if you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, watch this, but I ek legome, I chose you out of the world. Hallelujah. Therefore, the world hates you. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to give God the praise. So when we understand he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that means the call of God is actually before time, before the foundation of the world. What does that word foundation of the world mean? It's the Greek word katabolis. Say it with me, katabolis. And it actually is taken from the Greek word katabole. And the word katabole is a word that means plan. So before he planned the world, he chose you. Because your calling doesn't belong to 
this world. That's why Jesus said, I chose you out of the world. That means it has nothing to do with the world. And that means before you were born, your call was already ordained of God. Somebody ought to say, I'm not playing around with the call of God on my life. Say this with me. When the hand of God comes down from heaven, and when that hand touches me, when that hand puts his power on me, when he selects me and elects me, I'm not going to take it lightly. Somebody ought to give God the praise. So this word katabole, before the foundation of the world, that is the word, word in Hebrew and Greek, which means before the conception of the world, before the plan of the world. That means before God ever planned the sun, before God ever planned the moon, before God ever planned the, the creatures that would come forth from the earth, before God ever planned the ocean. He already planned your plan. That means your plan does not belong to the world. That means the high calling of God in Christ Jesus belongs to the things of heaven. And it's eternity oriented are you with me if you are say amen say this with me it belongs to the things of eternity oh glory to God this is why there are many if you want to know well what's the model for me to follow in terms of understanding my calling in Christ Jesus as Paul said to make, uh, Peter said to make your calling an election sure. What is the actual model for me? I want you to just continue for just a moment in this, in Ephesians, looking at Ephesians 1. I want you to see in Ephesians 1, looking at verse 11. And go to verse 11 for a moment and see it says, in whom... We have obtained an inheritance, watch, being predestinated according to his purpose. Say this with me. I'm predestined, I'm predestined for, the for the purpose for which he created me. Notice it says, whom he whom we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his will. Going over to Romans chapter 8. Hello, hello. I said Romans chapter 8. Look at the word of God, verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate. Say this with me. For those whom he foreknew, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That means according to the foreknowledge of God, according to the omniscience of God, before the catabole, before the foundation of the world, before he ever planned the sea, the sun, the moon, or the stars, he already chose you. He ekleko, hallelujah, he eklogomai, he selected you for the purpose by which you have been born. This is why Paul did not know who he was until Ananias told him. And I want you to know it was already planned out who he was going to be. Paul had no idea that he was called to the Gentiles. In the natural, Paul would
would never speak to the Gentiles. Your calling is not according to your fancy. It's not what you like to do. It may not be with the people you're accustomed to being with. I hope somebody understands. It may be a people that you have nothing in common with in the natural. You may be called as a missionary to go to a foreign nation. You may be called to a people that you don't understand. You see people. The Bible says not many mighty, not many noble are called. God didn't call you according to your talent. God didn't call you according to your background. God didn't call you according to who you know. God didn't call you according to how many years you were in the church. I hope somebody understands where that call of God came from. Somebody ought to say, hallelujah. Somebody ought to say the call of God does not belong to this world. Somebody should shout the victory tonight. Are you hearing this? This place is an, a responsibility upon us because we're going to be held accountable. The whole thing was planned out before Paul even knew it. Ananias knew it before Paul. Ananias said, you're going to lay hands on him. For three days, he had no sight. For three days, he could neither eat nor drink. When the three days were up, Ananias came to him. See, the three days represents the resurrection. The three days represents how you got your calling. The three days represents when Jesus rose from the dead. The Bible says he took captivity captive, Ephesians, and what did he do? He gave gifts unto men. He gave callings unto men. He gave places unto men. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to say, it was a third day miracle. My calling is a third day miracle. Somebody ought to shout the victory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so, and so we see those whom he foreknew, he predestinated and conformed to the image of his son. Those he whom he foreknew, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. Now, in closing tonight, I want you to go and see a model example what it means to be foreordained. When you're foreordained and God wants you to know your purpose, you don't have an identity crisis. You see, they said, the Bible tells us in John's gospel, in the first chapter, and you can look at it when you go home. In John's gospel, in the first chapter, the Bible says that they, they sent, the chief priests sent, from Jerusalem to John the Baptist, Levites and priests, ask him, are you the Christ? And he said, I'm not. And they said, are you Elijah? And he said, I'm not. And they said, are you Jeremiah or one of the prophets? And he said, I'm not. And they said, what saith of thyself? 
I said, do you know who you are? What do you say of yourself? Hello, somebody. God does not want you to be ignorant. What do you say of yourself? What is your mission statement? Where are you? Who are you? Where have you been assigned? Who have you been assigned to? Are you with me? If you are, say amen. John the Baptist said, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Now I want you to know how holy this calling is. Before John was ever conceived in the womb of Elizabeth, it was already predetermined to what level of walk in holiness that he should walk before God. Even your life of sanctification, even your walk, even your spiritual disciplines, even your, the revelation that's going to be given to you is already determined before you're born. That means it's up to you whether you're going to receive it or not. Jeremiah, God said to Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1, he said, before you were born, I already knew you. And before you came forth from the belly, I sanctified you to be a prophet unto the nations. When the angel said to Zechariah, he's not going to drink any wine or strong drink. It was already determined to what kind of life he would glorify God with through his spiritual disciplines. Are you with me? Say this with me. If I have the grace to fast, if I have the grace to pray, it didn't come from me. It was already determined before I was born as to what kind of lifestyle I would glorify God with. Hallelujah. That means if you've been called to a life of sacrifice, if you've been called to a life of prayer, if you've been called to a life of separation, it was already determined before you you were born. God already ordained it for you. It's up to you to receive it. Stand to your feet tonight. Call of God is not a light thing. It's something when God reaches down his hand from heaven. And calls us with a holy calling. Paul began the book of Galatians saying, the God who I serve, who separated me from my mother's womb. Hallelujah. God today, during this time of consecration, wants to reconfirm our place and our position. It's not time to play church. There's just a short time left. So we have to know our identity. Doesn't mean all of a sudden you're going to know everything about your life. But knowing your identity begins in the will of God. You can know your identity if you're out of God's will. And the first thing we need to do is make a decision. If I'm just a little bit out of God's will, I'm a lot out of God's will. I can't afford through an attitude to get out of God's will. Can't afford to let my carnal mind direct me away from the call that God put on my life. God forbid. 
How damaging would that be to know who you were and what you were assigned to do? Know that you were chosen before the foundation of the world for the assignment God gave you. And we allowed some carnal thinking that has nothing to do with the things of God whatsoever. The natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God. The Bible says, neither can he know them. That means the carnal mind can't even know the things of God. Can't even comprehend it. Neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. But right now, tonight, in this very moment, we have an opportunity. Maybe some of us only receive partial of what we were called to do, and that's all right because God doesn't tell us everything all at once. But it does mean when you accept that call that you go to yourself. You go to your true identity. When God called Abraham, the, in Hebrew it says, in Genesis 12, 1, and God said to Abraham, get thee out of thy country, thy kin, and thy father's house. Get thee out translates the Hebrew words leklakah. And leklakah means in Hebrew not just get thee out, but it means go to yourself. Say this with me. I want to go to my true self by being in the will of God. I want to go to who I've been created to be by going in the pure and undefiled will of God. Lord, today, right now, put your hand on your saints in this house. Put your hand, Lord, if we have been called, God, if there's a shift going on in our lives, God, and we, Lord, now need to fulfill that calling. Paul said, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel because he had to fulfill what he was apprehended for. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your hand that coming down from heaven. Lord, that you would reach down your hand and put it on the saints of God in this house tonight. Separate us for the purpose by which we've been called. Hallelujah. Separate us unto that anointed purpose in the name of Jesus. God is saying he's increasing your prophetic gifts. God is saying they're going up to another level. And it's going to shock you because God is going to give you revelation beforehand. But also God's going to give you understanding concerning the concerning things in your life and concerning the lives of those that God's assigned you to pray for and be with. Hallelujah. God, I give you praise. The Lord says, Lord says you're surrounded by the clouds of glory and you're walking in the heavenly realms. He said the clouds of glory lead you and you're walking in those heavenly realms. And my daughter, you will not leave this earth until you have completed everything I put in your heart to do for me. The Lord says, now you are at the place that when you decree a thing, it shall be established. Thank you, 
Terry. Yes. Oh, this week, I didn't know I'd be seeing you. All I could think about was what you went through, not just through the loss of your mother, but this week it was on my heart heavy. Thinking about your precious son and how you buried him. I've been thinking of it all week. That man of God, that precious, innocent son that was so kind to everybody, did such a great work on this earth, accomplished such a great purpose. I was thinking, God, he was so young. I've been thinking of it this week. I had no idea I was going to see him. I was thinking about how good he was, looking at that, that brochure and how he took care of his uncle and how he did everything for others. And thinking about how you had to bear all this. And the Lord says to you that he is going to use what you have been through far beyond what you could ever ask or think. The Lord says the new season is coming into your life. A season where you're going to lay down your burden and the Lord is going to lift the burden from you and he's going to give you glorious rest in your soul. The Lord says from this day forward, I see the Father laying you down. I see a lullaby being sung over you by the angels of God holding you. And I see the Lord singing it unto you. Hallelujah. And I see the Lord giving restore and restoration to your soul. God says he's going to still use you mightily and greater than you could ever ask or think. And God is saying that the Torah that he put inside of you is like a fiery. It's like a fiery word and like a torch. And it's going to go forth and God's going to use it for his glory. And I'm hearing the word connectedness. Just like the menorah lights are connected to one, God's reconnecting you. God says, I'm reconnecting you. God, I give you praise and I give you glory. Oh, God, I give you praise, I give you glory. Oh, God, I give you praise and I give you glory. The Lord says, I've called you out of the fiery furnace. I called you out of the fiery place. And God is saying, I'm reestablishing you and making you stronger than before. The Lord is saying, nothing can hurt you or hold you back. You are going to know that you are being strengthened by the supernatural. That it's not coming from man. And you're going to ask yourself, why didn't I fall apart? But God is saying, because I have sustained you. The Lord is saying, hmm. God is saying to you, Daniel chapter 3, that you came out of this fiery test without even your hair being burned and not your clothes, not even being singed. And God is saying, I'm giving you the anointing of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that you continue to praise me through this in the midst of the fiery furnace. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to praise God. Oh, yes. 
the deep things of God that God is making you more and more as a prophetess in his kingdom. God is saying the deep things of the spirit of God. So deep inside, he's reforming you. He's given you so much discernment and he's given you wisdom on what to say and how to process the things of life that he's put within you. And God is saying, hallelujah, that he has called you for such a time as this. And here's the word that I see. I see the two words, excellence and elegance. God is saying, oh God, God is saying, elegance and excellence on your anointing. God is saying, I'm going to use it for my glory. Hallelujah. As your day is, so shall your strength be. The Lord says daily, I will feed you with the food of angels. I'm feeding you with heavenly manna. God says, as your day is, God says, nothing shall be lost. God is saying, you shall come up to the next level in greater anointing. And God says, even as your physical strength may diminish, God is saying your spiritual strength is increasing. God, I give you praise and I give you glory. It's been a sovereign thing tonight that God brought you here. It's been a sovereign thing because he's putting his hand on you and he's doing a quick work. He's not taking any more time. There's no more time to waste because the call of God upon your life is a mighty thing. God put you here and he's put his hand on you. And God is saying in the next five weeks, there's going to be visitations from God that you are going to be having even in your prayer time alone with God. And here's where I see the visitations are. God is saying things that you've already been through that you didn't understand. It's going to suddenly dawn on you. It's going to suddenly make sense. Things that were hidden from you at the time that you didn't understand why you went through what you went through or why certain things happened. God is saying he's going to show you. He's going to show you what's connected to what. And God is saying king discernment is coming on you through what you have been through. And God is saying I'm getting ready to close the chapter and bring you into a new place in me that it will not happen again. Make it a batara. Glory to God. Give God the praise in the house. Oh. Yes, Lord. You can make me. Father God, tonight we want to thank you for everyone that's here. Father, for those who have loved you so many years. 
those who have served you faithfully so many years. You're the God who changes not. Let there be in this season of consecration a new revelation of who they are. Their chosen identities in Christ. Who we were and are and meant to be. Show us the highest purpose. Show us the furthest reach. We want to go to the furthest reach of our highest destiny. And we give you praise and we give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name, I'm, I'm seeing the Lord say, I'm seeing dignity. I'm seeing, I'm seeing tremendous dignity and honor that God is bringing to your family and to your calling. Dignity, honor, and re great respect. That's what God is saying. Because you have established yourself as a pillar in the house of God. And God is saying also for the dream that you have tonight, God says, you're going up to Bethel and you're pouring oil over the dream and you're reigniting it. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Yo, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Tonight, and we just appreciate our beloved Elder Micah. Don't we appreciate Elder Micah? And our beautiful and dearest Minister D, we so appreciate you. And Mother Anita and Pastor Debbie and all the worship team, we so appreciate them. We appreciate Reverend Stamps. We appreciate him. We appreciate our beautiful Ebony. And also, Elder Bundy, we appreciate you. We love you so much. Such a woman of God. And everyone, we appreciate uh, the Villanuevas who've been so faithful in this place. We appreciate our beloved, our beloved Rev Denise and her husband on the trip. Can I just tell you a little secret? In that Holy Land trip, we, we had Jewish guides, and they didn't understand some of the anointing. Every single place that Richard went, he could barely stand up. He was so drunk in the spirit. And God was touching him in such a mighty way. And we just praise God for the work of God. And we appreciate Rev. Robin. We appreciate all of you so much. There's such a blessing. We appreciate our beloved apostle, Diane. And we so appreciate here. Our beloved brother Ray, we missed you, but your time is coming. Amen. Beloved, this is a moment. Let's open our Bibles today to the book of Genesis, the 35th chapter and the first verse. This is a word that God gave to Jacob. And I want to use it concerning storing up our calling as we give to God tonight. We see it in Genesis chapter 35, verse 1. The Bible says, and God said to Jacob, arise and go to Bethel. 
and dwell there and make thee there an altar to God that appeared to you when you fled from the face of your brother. And the Bible says, in continuing in the context, as he went to Bethel, the Bible says, verse 9, and God appeared unto Jacob again, same anointing that he had received in Bethel when he returned to Bethel, God reactivated what he had given him 22 years earlier. Bible says, God appeared to Jacob again when he came out of Padam Aram and blessed him. And God said unto him, your name is Jacob, but your name shall not be called anymore Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. Hallelujah. And he called his name Israel. Notice that the anointing brings to our understanding who we are what we've been put on this earth to do. But you know what? He had to go back to the place where God first called him. And if we see where God first called him, it was Bethel. That's why God's saying, go back to Bethel. Say this with me, tonight in the spirit, I want to go back to my Bethel. The place where God first put his hand on me. The place he first showed me the dream and told me, what I was called to do. I don't want to minimize it. I just want to praise him for it. Notice in Genesis chapter 28, the Bible says, Jacob lighted upon a certain place. That was Bethel. He lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night. And he dreamed a dream and a ladder was set up from uh, on the earth and reach to the top of heaven. And the Bible says in verse 13, and behold, the Lord stood above it. And he said, behold, I am the Lord God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. Verse 14, and thy seed, and unto, that unto thee will I give it, that means the land that you lie on, and to thy seed, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the heaven, the dust of the earth. And now notice, God said, the land wherein you lie, I'm going to give it to you. And your seed is going to have it as well. Look at verse 14. Bible says you're going to spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north. And in your seed shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now watch this. God said, and behold, I am with you to keep you. That's the keeping power of God. When you have a call of God on your life and God gives you a mission, you're not going to keep yourself. God has made a vow no matter what you go through for that calling. No matter how many good days, no matter how many difficult days, God has already vowed himself to keep you because you are not the keeper. He is. He said, and I'm going to keep you. Notice the word. Everywhere, continuing in the context. I will keep... and. Behold, I'm with you, and I will keep you in all the places where you go. And I will bring you again to this land. That was 22 years afterward he brought him back to the land. I will bring you again to this land, and I will not leave you till I have done which I have spoken to you of. Jacob awoken out of his sleep, and he said, 
The Lord is in this place, hallelujah, and I knew it not. And verse 18 says, And Jacob arose early in the morning and took the stone that he'd put for his pillars and set up a pillar, and he poured oil on the top of it. When God told Jacob to return back to Bethel, do you know what he did? He took the very stones from that he had uh, anointed 22 years earlier, and he took the oil and poured it on it. God is saying tonight, that tonight you are pouring oil on the place and on the call that God has given to you. It doesn't matter how long ago it was. Tonight's the night of reactivating your ministry. Tonight is the night of reactivating the call that God gave you from your mother's womb. Tonight is not a light thing. Thank you for joining us today on Day of Destiny. We invite you to our website at mydayofdestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. Also, we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed or offering for multitudes that include orphans, providing water wells, providing medical supplies, clinics, feeding programs, and many other services to the suffering church and through efforts of evangelism worldwide. Just go to our website and click the donate button or text to give. Text HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. That's HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. You are also invited to visit Dr. Michelle Corral Facebook or Instagram. We look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next Day of Destiny podcast.